Welcome to week number three in our series that we're calling Live a Legacy. Uh, that's kind of a review of where we've been and some things that we talked about last week. Uh, you'll notice when you came in here, everyone on every seat, this little uh, brochure that we've had created uh, that actually goes over what we call our four uh, legacy lanes. That was the, the crux of the, the message last week. We talked about that and uh, gave a lot of specifics about the preschool we're going to be starting and uh, Valley Kids Camp and a new campus. Uh, down in Cortland Manor as well. So uh, I'm not going to take time to re-preach that, but you want to check out last week's message where we gave uh, some of those details uh, as we looked at our legacy lanes. And, and really, that's what this whole series is about. We're realizing that, you know, God has a little uh, expectation of us, uh, that God has an expectation of us that what we do in this life really impacts all eternity. And he expects us to, the, the things that he trusts into our hands, to use them in a way that really outlive us long after we're gone from uh, this earth. And that's what we're learning as we're going through all kinds of scriptures, uh, looking at what the Bible teaches about this. And I, I really had a great example of this that kind of uh, uh, surprised me. This past week, uh, my wife and I were down at Liberty University where two of our daughters attend there. Uh, it was parent weekend and we couldn't miss this weekend, so we made it parent week instead uh, and got back. And uh, by the way, shout out to our Poughkeepsie campus because I got back so we could do this, uh, record on Thursday night and for our Poughkeepsie campus and online campus as well uh, and and I was just, this vividly came to, came home to me. Uh, our oldest daughter, Michaela, who's now on staff, she works at the preschool. She's a preschool ministry director. Um, that was her degree and her major at Liberty University. Her junior year, a lot of her friends were older and they'd all graduated. And uh, she was reminding me of this this past week that she called one day and she said, Mom, Dad, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I feel like I don't have any friends. They've all graduated, you know, and, and she was in some student leadership. She's like, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. I kind of feel a little lost. And I said, here's what you do, honey. It's not about you. It's always about other people. I said, why don't you find some of those freshmen that are having a hard time being away from home for the first time? And you just spend some time with them and you encourage them and you just build them up and you just watch what God does. She's like, okay, I'll do that. So she began to just befriend a number of freshmen, really just encourage them and, and uh, invest time in them. What was so cool is now she's graduated. She went back with us to visit two of those girls that one was just kind of a, uh, well, let me put it this way, a behavioral problem, a disciplinary problem on campus her freshman year. One just had no clue what she wanted to do or anything. Two of those girls that she invested in right now are actually juniors, and they're actually student leaders that our other two daughters are under right now. And they both hold the position of what's called resident shepherd, and that's when an individual, the resident shepherd on the hall, is responsible for the spiritual growth and spiritual welfare for everyone on that hall, only about 50 other students. And two of those girls that, that Michaela invested in, just as in college, now are in that position that she was actually in at the time. Just absolutely amazing. And so at one point, we're walking out of the campus bookstore there. A car pulls up, er, slams on the brakes, window goes down, and goes, Michaela, Michaela. And it's one of these girls just totally excited about her. And she, Michaela looked at me, and she goes, Dad, there's my legacy. There's my legacy. See, you, you don't have to be a certain age to make an impact on other people. God wants us to live a legacy, not just leave, but also to live a legacy. And, and, and that's what I want to talk about in our time together this week. 
I want to talk about legacy builders. How can we really be legacy builders? So if you have your Valley app, go ahead and open that up. I think you're going to want to fill in the blanks as we go along and also look back on the scriptures uh, that we're going to be uh, studying and and diving into in our time together. Uh, First one I want to jump into, it kind of sets the tone for this whole idea of legacy builders that we're going to be looking at. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, uh, the Holy Spirit, God himself, is speaking through the Apostle Paul to the church of Ephesus and to us as well. And it says, now to him who is able, this is speaking of Jesus, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Do you know as a follower of Jesus Christ that the power of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and that power can do immeasurably more than we ask according to that power that's within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And one of the things we've discovered in the last few weeks is this. God is never just concerned with one present moment. God is a generational God. In fact, in the Old Testament, one of the ways that he revealed himself was, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three generations. And so many times, you and I, we, we, it's kind of human tendency. We only think about right now in this moment. But God says, I'm working out a bigger plan. And it's a bigger plan than just right now in this moment. Just even those that are, that are on the planet at this time. That he says, be glory to, uh, um, to him, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever. God is concerned about all generations. And that's what I love so much about kind of this theme that we chose, about live a legacy. The best way that we can glorify God is to not be concerned just about us right here and right now but to also be concerned about those who come behind us. I'm so thankful for those that came before me that were concerned about awesome Christian children's ministry because I was little Greg Williamson growing up back in the back there at Valley Kids, five years old. And I'm so, uh, so passionate about this because I'm the product of those that weren't just thinking about their own generation, but were thinking about the generations that would come as well. That's what it really means. God wants us to have this generational mindset. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three generations, four generations. Those who who will come behind us, that we would make an impact on their lives. So how can we be legacy builders? How can we really do that? I think there's four key ways as we're talking about live a legacy and building a legacy. How are we going to do that? Well, the first thing is this. It takes faith. It really takes faith to live a legacy, to build a legacy. Because the thing is this, we have to step out in faith and do what God's calling us to do. And sometimes you just can't see it all. Think about Abraham for a minute in the Old Testament. God said, Abraham, you leave the the home of your father and mother and you go to a place that I'm going to tell you. And by the way, I'm not telling you where it is. Just leave. He didn't even tell him where he's going. He's just like, where you're at, that's not where you're supposed to be. Leave. And while he was on the way, he led him to the place that he wanted him to be. Abraham, he said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations and all this. And he only saw really two sons ever born in his lifetime. Isaac and Ishmael. It takes faith, but Abraham's called the father of our faith. He didn't see it all, but he obeyed God. He did what God called him out to do. It takes faith. And what does that mean? That we see it even when it's not there. Faith always sees it before it actually happens. Sees it. 
I, I'd like to think in a way that uh, when our daughter Michaela called us when she was a junior, didn't know what to do with herself, that I gave her kind of a picture of like, you know what? There's a bigger picture here. I want you to see it. That it's not just about you and your friends. It's about investing in those that are younger than you. Investing in those that, that don't have any friends. Investing in those that are homesick right now. She told me the story I just related at the beginning of this message, just tears down, rolling down her face. She's like, Dad, I, I, I never could really see it the way that it really has happened now. It takes faith, faith to see it. I love how it's put in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22 in the translation of the New Testament, the message. It says, God is building a home. That's what he's doing in your life and in my life and through our lives as well. God is building a home. He's using all of us irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. The Bible tells us that. And now he's using you. He's using you. He's using me. And he's building a home. He's fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. He's using a metaphor here of a building, and that's the body of Christ. He goes on and says, we see it taking shape day after day after day. God's building a building, a holy temple built by God. All of us build into it, living stones, the Bible calls it, a temple in which God is quite at home. God is building a spiritual building. And we're those living stones being built and fashioned and formed together, brick by brick by brick takes faith to see it. Can't always see it immediately. But we need the eyes of faith to, to look at, at, at a situation or a circumstance and say, you know what? I think God's got a plan. I think God's got a purpose for this. I'm real excited. I shared the four lanes uh, in real detail even more that are in your then are in your brochure uh, last Sunday and last, last Thursday night in the series. And uh, and I shared about our Poughkeepsie campus. And we've been looking for some time to move our Poughkeepsie campus from a portable site uh, in the Poughkeepsie Galleria at Regal Cinemas to a permanent site. And I've looked at so many different buildings. So many different buildings. You know what? It takes some faith. It takes some vision. It, it, it takes some, a different set of eyes like, God, is this what you want? Is this where you want to? Could this work in this location? And we finally found the location. And uh, I want to show you that right now, the picture of, it's 20 Manchester Road. I shared this a few weeks, uh, a couple months ago. Isn't that beautiful? So we're going to start meeting there next week. Uh, and that's it, 20. It's an old grocery store, old A&P. In fact, New York State actually rents part of it. It's 21,000 square feet. And uh, we, we've gotten a remarkable price uh, for it. And we haven't asked you for anything. We've got the money, the down payment, all that. We've got all that. We don't need your help to do it. But we do need some help in renovating it. That's where some of the cost that you heard in that, that bumper video comes from, as well as starting a third campus and, and what we want to do in terms of a preschool and valley uh, summer camp as well. But it takes the eyes of faith. And, and, and you know people that have the eyes of faith, you know who they are? Like architects. Architects have the eyes of faith because they can look at something like that and, and we have a great architect, his name's Stephen Tinkleman and, and uh, uh, he, he's come and he's spent time, he came to our church services and all this, and he's just trying to get a feel for us and all 
And, I, and, and so you look at that and you see a rundown building. I want to show you what I see. This is what I see when I look at that. That's what our church is going to look like. That, that's what the architect Stephen Tinkleman has come up with. Looks a little bit different, doesn't it? And it's going to be beautiful. Look at this cross right at the front here. This will be illuminated. So you're driving on 55 through the town of Poughkeepsie into the city of Poughkeepsie. And you see it off on the left-hand side. It's very, very visible from the arterial with that cross shining out of there. And so we're so excited about the windows back here are going to be offset. So there's a little overhang here. We wanted to put a lot of windows because he said, well, I want to make it inviting so people know, welcome home. You're welcome here. And so we're going to have the cross there as well. Also underneath this, a little overhang here with some depth so people can actually congregate and spend some time and talk and, and all that stuff, even out in the parking lot as well. So go to the before picture. Would you just go back? See, that's how we see with our naked eye. Let me show you the eyes of faith. Go to the next one. There it is. Big difference, isn't it? I, I don't know about you, but I get so geeked up, I think I might just need to clap right now. I just might need to do that right now. Now, here's the thing that's really remarkable about this is we, our goal uh, to renovate this, as I said, uh, is $750,000. Let me put that in perspective a little bit. In 1988, Valley Christian Church built this building. It was originally an auto repair place, 4,000 square feet, built a 10,000 square foot addition. Guess how much it cost in 1988? $750,000 in 1988. 120 people built this. We're talking about 21,000 square feet. 21,000 square feet, and the only need that we have is $750,000 to renovate this. One of the cool things is there's the goal, so 750K. Can we go back to that picture for just a minute? I want to point something out. One of the cool things is New York State rents 10,000 square feet of that. And so we're actually going to finish in two different phases. First, 11,000 square feet, which is bigger than this whole building right here. We're going to finish that, open that up as a church. Then we're going to let New York State pay us almost half a million dollars over the next three years to renovate the other space. How about that? Pretty good, huh? Nice little tenants that we have there. So even there, I think that's absolutely remarkable, isn't it? And I said that right. Three years, half a million dollars rent. That's what they're paying right now. That's what they're paying right now. We didn't even know it when we found the building. I just found the building. Uh, some, someone actually sent it to me, and, and I took a look at it, and I stood there, and I was like, God, is this what you want for us? And it was that old rundown-looking thing there. But God gave me the eyes of faith. Say, yeah, this, this could be something beautiful. This could be something powerful. I want to tell you this also. The town of Poughkeepsie actually has also pointed to another adjacent property and said, we'd really like for you guys to buy that too. When does that ever happen in church world? When does that ever happen when the town says, we'd like you to consider purchasing this piece of property that's close by it as well? And so incredible favor. So, so that's what we're working on. We work so much on that floor plan. We're still designing that, or I would show you that uh, as well. But, but that's our goal, to raise an additional, on top of what our normal budget is, we, we, we don't have any problem meeting budget, continuing just to do what we do. But, but we feel like God wants us to expand even greater. And the, like I said, the town of Poughkeepsie is excited about this. They said, you're going you're gonna to be a, a benefit to our community by having this permanent site now. And, and so that's what we're looking to raise, a total of 750000 additional. So legacy builders, it takes faith. The second thing is it takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. 
to do something significant, you've got to lay something down. I heard that a long time ago, and it's always stuck with me. To do something significant, you've got to lay something down. Nothing in life of significance ever comes without some sort of sacrifice. Uh, let me just explain, give you an example. Every mother in the room that's ever given birth to a child knows nothing significant ever comes without sacrifice. It takes some sacrifice. Something wonderful. And oftentimes, the greater the significance, the more the sacrifice. Comfort for nine months, giving birth, but then the joy of holding that child. It takes sacrifice to build a legacy. What does that mean? That means we choose it. We have to make the choice. We have to choose this is what we want to do. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, the Bible says, you also like living stones. Here's this whole idea again. Not only we find the Apostle Paul writing about this in Ephesians, but also the Apostle Peter by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, same Holy Spirit. You also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. There's a sacrifice to be made. There's a financial sacrifice to be made in order to build a legacy. And if you're a first-time guest with us, guess what? You just happen to pick the day. How about that? It's been three years since I've talked about anything like this. You just happen to stroll in here, uh, you know, this weekend. So uh, uh, this is not what we talk about on a regular basis. But we have an incredible opportunity. And that's why we're talking about this. And when it comes to sacrifice, we have to choose what is it we're going to sacrifice. And there's two questions, I think, when it comes to sacrifice we always have to ask. Human nature, we tend to ask this question. If I I do this, what will happen to me? I, I, I mean, okay, I, I want to be part of this. I, I want to do something. But if I sacrifice, what's going to happen to me? And that's a, that's, a, that's a reasonable question. But I think there's even a bigger question. Instead of if I do this, what's going to happen to me? I think maybe the more important question, if I don't do this, what's going to happen to them? If I hang on to my comfort, what about those that don't know Jesus Christ? Who's going to reach them? Who, who, who's who's going to care for, for them? Instead of if I do this, what will happen to me? If I don't do this, what will happen to them? You know, I shared in weeks past, Three years ago when we did this, we called it Beyond Ourselves to start our second campus. Our church has almost tripled in the last three years. Since January of 2016, I have to update it because of last weekend, 326 people have received Christ as their savior for the first time through Valley Christian Church. Not, over, not even two years. We all three years ago, everyone that was here was like, you know what, we need to do this for them, go beyond ourselves. Now, once again, we feel that urge, that kind of push, that we feel like God kind of, kind of inspiring us and pushing us. And, and so it's a question to ask. If I do this, if I sacrifice, what will happen to me? But I think the even more important question is, if I don't do this, what will happen to them? Do you know right now, currently in Dutchess County, less than 10% of the population, less than 10% attend a Bible-believing church? If we don't do this, what will happen to them?
And so it takes faith, it takes sacrifice. Third thing is it takes generosity. It takes generosity if we're going to live a legacy and build a legacy. And what does it mean in terms of generosity? It means we give. It means we give it. You know, God is all about giving because giving is all about love. The most quoted verse in all the Bible, oh, you know it, you've probably heard it before, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he withheld his best from the world. No, that's not what it says. See, love always gives. It's impossible. Love and stingy don't mix. For God so loved the world, what? He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 17, maybe you don't know this one as well. The next verse says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Love gives. I believe one of the the greatest times, one of the times in our lives when we're the most like God is when we're giving. When we give, for God so loved, he gave his best. And so it takes generosity. That means that, that we give. In Psalm 112, we, we looked at this at the beginning of our, our study in week one. Psalm 112, verses one and two and nine. And I encourage you, read the whole of Psalm 112. It's a phenomenal psalm that is just full of promises. Look at what it says here, just a few choice verses here. Psalm 112, one and two. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. Did you realize that, mom and dad? That God promises in his word, if you follow my commandments, your children will be successful. Generational, always generational. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. Why? Simply by those who choose, I'm going to fear God and I'm going to follow his commands. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. And then it goes on and it says, they share freely, that is those that fear God. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. What is one of the ways that we live a legacy? Through generosity. The scripture makes it so clear. They that share freely and give generously to those in need, their good deeds will be remembered forever. God says, I don't forget a thing. I never forget a thing. They will have influence and they will have honor. So every week we put this up and I wanna do it again and just show you what we call our generosity ladder. And there's no arm twisting or anything like that. This is simply just kind of a model. We looked at the first week where the Bible says to grow in the grace of giving, excel in the grace of giving. And I've just asked you over the last few weeks just to pray, identify where you are on this ladder and just to take one step. Everyone in our church family, just take one step. That's all. Maybe you're first-time giver, occasional giver, intentional giver. That means there, there's a very methodical way in which you give on a regular basis, month by month. Uh, tither, tithing, that means, that's a biblical term. That word tithe means 10% of your income. At 9% is very significant, but it's not tithing. It's intentional. Tithing means 10% of your income. A tither and then a bold giver. And as I said before, Susie and I stopped tithing about 20 years ago. We've been bold givers for almost the last 20 years above and beyond. And even in this, we've been praying. And I've asked you just to pray. 
what God wants you to do. And we've been praying. And we feel like God's put it on our heart. Okay, this is what I want you to do. And we're like, wait a minute. We're paying, three, we're paying two college tuitions and paying off one student loan for our oldest daughter. What do you mean going on? He's like, this is what I want you to do. We've come to a real place of peace about that. And so I'm just asking you, identify where you are and just take one step. Talk about it if you're married. Just come to agreement and, and pray about it and take one step together. In fact, what I want to do is just show you how we're going to do this. And right now, if I could get a help from some of the staff members, we're not asking you to do this right now, but I just want to give this, put this in your hands so you can see. This is a commitment card. We're going to have a commitment Sunday in a few weeks. And in a few weeks, ask you to fill this out. We're not asking anyone to fill this out. We just want you to be able to look at this and pray about it. Uh, it has uh, real specifically, here, here it is on the screen right now. Name, address, city, phone number, email, you know, all that stuff. And then right here, here's your ladder stepping up to just check off where you're at, where you are going to be taking the next step to. And, and then fill in and what you normally would give in a given year. That's for our sake so we know. Because, listen, we've got to make a budget. We have a budget, a construction budget we've got to meet. So that's why it's very important. The bank's like, we want to see these things because we want to know that, that your church family is behind what it is that you're doing. So what I normally give in a year, my additional generosity towards legacy, that's what you've been praying about. Okay, this is what we're going to do additionally. And then one year subtotal. And then maybe you have some stocks or cash or savings or assets or, or gold. <laughs> and like I've talked about that, that, that Susie's uncle gave us. And we're going to be writing gold in there and what that is. And then, uh, actually, it's not a two-year. This is a misprint here. It's a one-year total generosity. We're just doing this for one year. This ends December the 31st, 2018. Between now and December the 31st, 2018. So on the card, it has it the right way. My one-year total generosity commitment. And then we're going to have on December the 10th what we call our kickoff Sunday, where we're just going to ask people, after you've made the commitment, just do the best you can. Just do the best you can. And, and one offering on December the 10th. And by the way, all of this is tax deductible and it's kind of cool and it's deliberate the way we did it. We're starting it in December so you can hit this tax year and then you can swing right around and hit next tax year as well when it ends in uh, December of 2018. So you get two opportunities to write that off on your taxes there. And so just pray about this. Just pray about this. Our commitment Sunday when we'll be doing this all together is gonna be November the 19th. November the 19th, when everyone in the church family will ask just to fill this out, we'll come forward and we'll put that in there. Next weekend, I'm going to be sharing with you the leadership commitment of the church family, the Valley leadership uh, in the Valley family, because leaders go first. And so right now, all the leaders in the church are praying about that, and they're getting that uh, information into uh, our administrator, Judy Sheck. And next week, and I'm going to be sharing, and you know what? It's going to be significant, just the leadership of the church, because that's what leaders do. Leaders go first. Susie and I are leading the charge uh, with that. And so next weekend, I'll be sharing that. And then on November the 19th is when uh, we're going to have the commitment weekend. And then legacy kickoff. You had it up there, I'm sorry, December the 10th. December the 10th is when we're all gonna just do the best that we can toward that goal just to get it started, uh, you know, as we, as we begin this project. So very, very excited about this. And so how do we build a legacy? It takes faith, we see it. It takes sacrifice, we choose it. It takes generosity, we give it. There's a fourth point, but before I do that, 
I think it's very important that we counterbalance everything that we do here with what, why we do what we do. Because as I said, buildings and stuff like that can be kind of exciting, but that's not why we do what we do here. We do what we do here at Valley because it's about people. It's about reaching people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. That's why we do all this. It's not if Jesus didn't die for buildings. He died for people. He died for you. He died for me. So I actually asked one of the men in the church that has a, has a really remarkable story. In fact, he came in and he told this story. He shared it with me and I was just like, holy cow. Would you be willing to share this with the church family sometime? And he said, you just, you just asked me to, I will. And so he came in, the tech team recorded it and it was about 45 minute story. And they told me they got it down to four minutes, which is a miracle in itself. God still does miracles. And so I want to share with you right now, or in his own words, one of the men in our church, Jamie Weaver, who's one of those that came in the last three years since we did this three years ago, to share his story of what God's done in his life and through his life since he's come to Valley Christian Church. That's powerful. When you can forgive someone who literally took a razor trying to kill you. There was a contract put out on his life, and he almost died. And I remember the day over here in the hallway after service when he caught my, you know, grabbed my arm. And I remember preaching that day on it, and he said, I want you to know I forgave someone today I never thought I could. I didn't even know what his story was. That's why we do what we do here. That's a legacy. And Jamie, wrestling coach at John Jay High School for 18 years, impacting those young men's lives. He gets it. It's about living a legacy. Not just leaving it, but living it every single day. And so here's the fourth thing. If we're going to build legacy, legacy builders, it takes urgency. It takes urgency. It takes faith. It takes sacrifice. It takes generosity. It takes urgency. We do it. Do it. Just like Nike says, just do it. The time is now. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 says, Be very careful then how you live. Be careful. Not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity. And that's what God's given to us, an opportunity. An opportunity to reach even more people into new communities, not just Poughkeepsie, but also down into Cortland Manor as well with our third campus. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Listen, folks, all you got to do is look at the events of this week. The days are evil. The days are evil. And we need to make the most of the opportunity that God's given us to live a legacy, to be salt, to be light, to be Jesus' hands and feet right here, right now, today. The last thought I want to leave you with is this. And I wrote this kind of almost like a, as a prayer, if you will. <laughs> Today I will live as if this is the day that'll be remembered. I, I want to live every, one of my, every day of my life that today is the day that, that everything counts, everything hinges on this day right here, right now. That what I do today will be remembered. To live and to leave a legacy. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you love 
you loved us so much that you gave your only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Father, we thank you that Jesus lived and left a legacy as he took our place and he paid the price for our personal sins on the cross. He sacrificed himself and laid his life down. And he rose again three days later and that whoever would believe in him and receive that sacrifice for their sins, not because we'll ever earn it, not because we could ever be good enough, but because he did for us what we could never do for ourselves. Whoever would receive him would have everlasting life. And Father, I just pray right now as, as we're moving toward the conclusion of this series next weekend as Valley Family, and Lord, I just pray that, that as we seek you, Lord, that you would speak to us as to what you want us to do. No one else needs to tell us, but Lord, you just speak to us what you would have us to do in terms of this legacy initiative, these four lanes that we talked about last week and in this brochure. Father, that we would just recognize the time in which we live and that we would make the most of every opportunity. That today, Lord, we would live as if this is the day that will be remembered for all time. Thank you, Father. And right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just wanna give an opportunity. If, if you're here right now and, and you've never taken that, that step to place your, your life and your faith in the nail-scarred hands of Jesus Christ, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now. I'm not gonna embarrass you or, or make a public spectacle of you or anything like that. The Bible makes it real clear that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so if you've never done that before, taking that first step of faith, of trusting Jesus Christ with your life and receiving his sacrifice, I wanna lead you in a simple prayer that you can just pray after me right now and open your heart to him in faith and you'll be forgiven of your sins and he'll become your Lord and your savior today. Just repeat after me, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I receive Jesus Christ as my savior. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. And now I ask you to guide me, to lead me, and to direct my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Valley Christian Church located in Hopewell Junction, New York. Please visit us online at valleychristianchurch.net for more information. Thank you.